Welcome to another episode of A-Figure Focus. My name is Ephraim Eggbelly, CPA, founder of EFS Group PLLC, managing director of EFS Group PLLC, and also founder of this amazing podcast, A-Figure Focus. And today, we're, this is a really, 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 really good episode coming up right now. I hope y'all are ready. We're gonna talk about real estate, commercial real estate, and how important it is in your A-Figure Focus plan. We have my man, Don Scott, with me. How's it going? How's it going? Before we jump in, let me let me explain, right, this guy. This guy right here, Don, has so far in the past 18 months closed eight, 180 doors of commercial real estate, right, with all of the properties and, and entities that he owns. And he has an extensive real estate background. And I'm just excited to talk about all of this. Um, how's everything going, Don? Busy. Busy. I imagine. Busy. busy. <laughs> um, <laughs> We just we just actually just closed on our last transaction, last two transactions, Thursday of last week and then Monday of this week, and so today being what Friday, yeah. like a lot a lot going on. So, so I got a busy weekend as well coming up. So I um, can imagine, I can imagine. Well, congratulations on that. Thank you, sir. Thank you. You know, you've involved me in a few of your deals, but before we jump into that, you know, what's customary on this podcast is we always talk about where people are from, right? Their background and and their journey to you know where they're at now so talk about it i mean knowing where to start like i mean we kind of grew up in the dfw area um around Dallas, the same, yeah, yeah around the same time uh had a lot of mutual friends um and so prior to coming to houston that was kind of my life growing up um not really in the suburbs or not really in the hood but yeah. just kind of in that mix and then where at, where in Dallas did you grow up? Uh, Arlington. Arlington, so, so, yeah, 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 yeah. Right, right where that team plays that I don't speak of. <laughs> <laughs> that, that that team. So like growing up in that area, um, just being around like just different things. Like I remember being like homeless or mm -hmm. or call myself in, being in the streets and hustling and things yeah. of that nature. So it's just it's a wild journey to go from from that to an accountant or being a president of a student organization or even, you know, graduating college, being the first one to graduate college in my family to yeah. all of a sudden, like working in a, a multi-billion dollar corporation and then leaving that to do this. Like it's, I'm blessed yeah. to say the least. That's how I feel like I'm blessed, but it's still like, sometimes I just look, it's like, man, this is crazy. Like this yeah. is a journey. It's wait, wait, different. so so growing up, how, how big is your family? Um, I have an older sister and a younger brother. Okay. So it's and, just the, and the three moms. of us. Yeah, mom and dad. Yeah, mom so. and dad. And so, you know, y'all were growing up and everything. And then I think you mentioned that, you know, there was a time where y'all were, you know, homeless. Yeah. Yeah. So at some point, like, I don't, I don't remember a lot of the details or even a lot of stuff before or after like certain situations. But I remember, um, just one day walking with my mom and my little brother to a, a shelter. Yeah. Like from Arlington to Fort Worth, which is a 20 minute drive, but it, that's a all day walk. Yeah. And so like, I remember that specific situation. So to go from that to like, now like I'm, I have this responsibility of like people's homes and their living situations and things of that nature. Like I understand to take that serious because I like, I know what it's like to not have that. Right. So like, I know like, I don't want to go back to certain things, but at the same time, I want us to be able to understand, like, 
not only like that we're able to get into this game and but why we need to get into it not just real estate in general but more specifically like the bigger stuff like the commercial deals like you know residential apartment complexes mm -hmm. or um retail strip centers and things of that nature storage units out on the laundromat that i yeah. don't like <laughs> you know just we're definitely things. gonna jump into that so you it's interesting though because you went from being homeless to providing homes yeah no. like that's kind of don't you feel like that's kind of crazy whenever you think about it bro i feel like my life is crazy so like because <laughs> like i've i've never been one to want to be an entrepreneur like yeah. that's just never been my thing like I remember being in college and even going through the entrepreneurship program, not really paying attention, but just like, oh, okay, I realize I don't want to do this because I think that's a lot of work and I don't right. really want to work that hard. Going this corporate route is easy. Like yeah. I can kind of, I can kind of skate. Like yeah. it's not too difficult. Wait, wait, real quick. So you were homeless and then, you know, you graduated high school, um, everything. And then after high school, where'd you go to college? So I started off at Texas Southern. Uh -huh. um, did a couple of years there and then transferred to University of Houston, um, which... That's where we, we met, yeah, yeah so in the accounting school. I actually I actually got a scholarship, a Jesse H. Jones Business Development Scholarship. Yeah. And at TSU? It, no, at U of H. At U of H. I was transferring. Okay. And just so happened that became, like, that was the, the best scholarship you could have in the school, mm. like, especially in business school. So one of the requirements was to like join a student organization. I didn't know that. So okay. as I'm changing and picking my major to pick accounting, cause I like, I just felt like numbers were easy. Uh, I'd just do accounting. Not that I had a passion for it. I just understood I wanted to be in business and this was numbers. And so it couldn't be too hard. That was my thought. Yeah. And so just going from like going over and making that transition, one of the requirements was to join a student organization. So yeah. Not only did I, like, I ended up... I was trying to recruit you in, yeah, in Napa. Yeah. I don't know if you remember that. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do. But what ended up happening was I ended up, like, I was going to go there. But you know what kept me from Napa? Like, I don't know what my thought process was or what. Napa is the National Association of Black Accountants, by the way. For yeah. Those who know. yeah. What ended up keeping me from that was I had just spent two years at TSU. And it was just like, okay, I've already been incorporated with just us. In in, yeah. in school, was it look like if like I'm going to the, arguably, if not the most diverse school in the country, the second right. most diverse school. So I was like, well, what does it look like if I'm going from over here? Then I'm just going to go tie and segregate myself over here. Let right. me let me go see what they're talking about in this organization. I can still be a part of that, but but I don't necessarily have to like be my requirement is to join there right and so i was like well i'm just gonna go check out this other organization mm -hmm. uh the council society so next thing you know i go and actually win a free membership but i was like well, well damn <laughs> <laughs> well damn like this makes the decision easier like clearly this is where i'm supposed to be right and uh then having mutual friends like rubik and stuff like that like um i remember watching as he was transitioning out to go get a corporate job yeah. And it was like, okay, well, this position of president is going to come up and I'm shy as I don't know what. I'm, yeah. I don't want like limelight and responsibility, but something told me like closed mouths don't get fed. Right. And here's this opportunity to have impact. I can figure out how to force myself to talk because mm -hmm. I'm a natural, I'm a natural introvert, but I'm right. that moment and, and all of that 
taught me how to become an extrovert. Mm -hmm. And so then all of a sudden it was like I was just making this transition to being a different person. So even being in college and, and both having like accounting degrees, like you went the CPA route and I was like, oh, I realized this even working in accounting, like that's not for me. It's not for you. Yeah, so yeah. I was like, oh, like I got to figure out a different way yeah. to do some stuff and that's what led me to to real estate but i mean it, yeah. it was basically it's been a, a to me it's been a crazy journey because it's nothing that i've it's nothing that i've ever envisioned from, right. from my from my life at least not early on yeah so when we were in college um me and rubik were presidents at the same time yeah i don't know if you yeah. remember so he was president of the county society and i was president of naba yeah so that's kind of how we met or yeah. whatnot so he's a great guy um i remember he was going the public accounting route as well, yep. KPMG, and then I went PwC because that was the route that it's we like if you didn't, on. yeah, we were sold. Like if you didn't go that route, you know, and that, you know that's not a bad route. That's a, that's a great route for for many. Honestly, if you're in accounting and you really take accounting like super serious, you want to get to that next level, then that's a route that you know you definitely should consider. Um, but with that being said, you know you, I didn't even know that the Jesse Jones. Like, cause you said that once you got the scholarship, then you had to choose like what organization. So was it a situation where you had to know what major you were? Or did they just give you a degree and then, I mean, not a degree, but a scholarship. And then you now choose what major you want to be in the business school. I don't know if I had declared my major when I first right. came over. I don't think I did. I just knew I was applying for business. Got it. Because I had just, trans I just changed when I was, leaving TSU so mm -hmm. I, like my first degree I, I actually didn't know what I wanted to be when I was going to college I thought I wanted to be a computer engineer right that then, same as me that, <laughs> that's crazy I, I thought that's what I wanted but they didn't have it at TSU yeah so the first class I took was uh they were like okay you can do computer science yeah I'm like I, I, it sounds about the same that first class it was like a coding class or something like that and I was like oh nah this is not for me like right I, I don't think I even want to do anything with computers. So I was like, yeah. well, business, I, I used to want to be a business guy. So yeah. I was like, I want to be a businessman. I don't even know what that means, but I think that's what I want. So, and I remember taking an accounting class in high school and it was easy. So mm -hmm. for me, what I thought was, okay, numbers are easy, but at the end of the day, accountants are going to be first hired, last fired. Right. So I look at a company like Enron when they went out of business, even for the reasons that they went out of business, the last people to go were the accountants because they had to close the books. That's true. So I was yeah. like, well, I'm always going to have a job because those are the, the first people you hire when you start a business is accountants and lawyers. So right. like, let me go down this right. I'm thinking I'll forever have a job. But then when I got in corporate, I was like, oh, yeah, if I'm supposed to sit in this cubicle all day, I don't think this is for me. Right. Like, I can't do this. I think, like, I remember having a conversation with management talking about, like, I'm months in, I'm like, Hey, how do I get transferred to HR? <laughs> like, I, I think really? that role will fit me better. Yeah. And wait, wait. Real, real quick. <laughs> <laughs> you told management how to get transferred to HR. That's that's wild, bro. Because I understood. I was like, oh, I'm not I'm not a typical accountant. Like, right. I can't, I can't just sit here all day. Like, nah, that's not for me. But I, I think it's dope that, um, you know, having the accounting background, I feel has. Would you say it's helped you in business? <sighs> Oh, man. Just like from a numbers perspective and understanding business. Yeah, because I feel like even for me, like I feel like it makes. I mean, despite like all the stuff I have going on, I feel like it makes me an easier client for somebody like you because I understand like 
what you need or, or why you need it or why you're asking certain questions. And so mm -hmm. like I can build my business just around my base understanding where like I'm not even as detailed or understanding of like the, the things that you guys understand, like you and Rubik and things of that nature. Like I just keep stuff super simple in my head. So mm -hmm. like even when you hear me explain like how an apartment complex works, like to me it's just like this. And so like I kind of look at understanding like this is how the numbers work for me with understanding accounting and how they need to balance mm -hmm. to now when I'm looking at a business financials or you give me a P&L for an apartment complex, I'm like, here's where we can add value. And so right. like, I think that kind of helps. Um, but, and, and to be honest, I'm like, I used to always try to say no, like, no, nah, it's just, this is just natural. But I do think like there, there's an advantage to just, even if you just have that basic understanding, like I think mm -hmm. that's, there's a huge advantage to that. So. Did you graduate 2006? Seven. Seven, okay. Yeah. So you that's were a year after me. After. Yeah. So I went the PwC route and then 07 when you graduated, what route did you go? So I went straight into corporate uh, 2007, straight to Chevron. Okay, so uh, you, cause back then oil and gas was like, I mean, it still is popping, but yeah. that was like here in Houston, if you have like an accounting or engineering degree, you got to get into oil and gas companies, right? Because okay. that's where the stability, that's where the money, that's where, you know, just longevity is. And so you went that route. Yeah. I mean, and how long were, were you there? So I started off 07. I went that route, but I also understood like, I'm, I'm coming in in an industry where they didn't typically hire. So I understand at some point there's going to be this shift. And mm. so even, even coming in, I understood as we go through like this ups and downs of oil and gas, like I'm gonna be the cheap labor. So like, mm. I'm not going anywhere, I'm here to replace. Like, cause I'm I remember 07, they had like a hiring boom yeah. during that time yeah. frame, if I remember correctly. And then like nine or 10, it was like, okay, here's the wave. Yeah. And it was like, I saw like a lot of even younger people were like, oh, like what's gonna happen? I'm like, you do realize like, yeah, we think we make a lot of money, but relatively speaking, we're the cheap labor. Like we're not going anywhere. So right. like you're just replacing a lot of the yeah, people so who've been I, there for years. So I understood that. So like my thought process was let me learn as much as possible. But I also understood like, at some point I knew I wasn't cut out for it. But like I ended up lasting eleven years. So eleven years. Yeah. So from two thousand seven through two thousand eighteen. Mm -hmm. Right. So between in that 11 year time frame at what point did you start doing real estate 2012 okay 13, so five years in 12 or 13 something like that okay yeah. so five six years in what what um and we're going to talk about like chevron and everything as yeah. far as like your, your journey out but what led you to just like start doing real estate my wife okay uh, shout out to Kristen. yeah she, <laughs> she, honestly like I don't even think I had a desire at first. Yeah. It was more like she, So she's she, into real estate like like heavy before you. She was. Yeah. And then like I <laughs> like I don't I think once I understood it it was just like like I don't know like I I don't know that I had a passion for it or yeah. if I just had a passion to, for that freedom to get out. Yeah. But I was like, "Oh, I understand like this is how I can get out. This makes a lot of sense." Um but starting off it was like my thought process was like let's get in and understand what we're doing, but we can buy back our freedom one house at a time. Mm. And wait, wait, hold on. So 
she did she well she didn't necessarily introduce you or did she introduce you to real estate like i would say yes i mean it was more like hey i'm interested in this i, I think i want to do it so y'all learning uh, it together yeah okay and like i was the like typically you see like spouses getting dragged to like a real estate event right like, i wasn't necessarily dragged but it was like it was her idea so right it was like all right let's go and oh. and eventually like she wanted to be like a full-time real estate invest or real estate agent yeah until she got her license and then it was like okay this is cool i like helping my friends but i don't think i want to do this right uh and then at some point i was like okay i think this is what i want to do and like you care a lot about work i'm starting not to so yeah. like i'm starting to understand like the more i can understand this this could be a ticket to where if something ever does happen or when we're becoming that labor that's going to get replaced like because i've watched dudes like get basically here's your your papers like after 30 years of service or this dude over here that worked for 22 years straight and never missed a day and like he just got and he's out and i'm just like oh i ain't, I ain't they <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, like understanding yeah. like how this works i'm like eventually that's gonna be us so i need to let me start setting myself up and no it's then, crazy that you had the foresight to really start thinking like that I feel like I always thought different, but I mean, when you, I mean, I feel like I like I'm sitting in a cubicle all day, so, right, <laughs> so it's right. like I'm. At the end of the day, like I felt like as an accountant, like if you really broke down certain things, like if we're doing a reconciliation, my job is to figure out like why does this number not equal zero? Like it okay? And I I remember breaking this down to like a new employee when she first came in. We're still good friends, and. um like somebody requested her to do something like hey i need you to make this thing balance and she's like why am i having to do this like blah 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 i'm like look let's put it this way let's say you were still in college because you're like less than six months out if you're still in college and somebody was like hey i'm gonna give you two thousand dollars but i need you to fix this spreadsheet like, hell yeah i'm gonna do right. that Hard i was like so that's what they're doing but they're gonna give you more than two thousand dollars every two weeks until you fix it. Right. Well, if you put it that way, no, that's your, that's your job. Like the, look Thinking at outside the box. Like, yeah. see, that was a great example for her. And and to this day, she was like, that made my job so much easier. Mm. Like, this is how I look at stuff now. And, and But that's how I looked at it. Right. Same thing when I look at real estate where a lot of people may think this stuff is like super complex. Well, when I look at it, I'm like, no, I just need to do X, Y, and Z or X, right. Y, Z, blah, blah, blah. And then this is how we can make that happen. Yeah. So... I think I, 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 in my head, I may simplify things. I don't know if I simplify because it's easy or if I just the other way around. But for the most part, like, like I said, I'm blessed because that's just how it works in my head. Yeah, that's that's dope. So five, six years in, you're introduced to real estate. You start like doing it, and at what point does it start picking up steam? Twenty seventeen. Twenty seventeen. Twenty seventeen. Can we talk numbers? Are you? Yeah. Okay. You know <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love it. I love it. So twenty seventeen. How much were you making? I guess on my real estate. Or on on real, no no not not the work the real estate. Oh, not much, bro. Like we had we had. I remember at at some point we only had two rentals. Maybe it was in fifteen or in sixteen. I think we had two rentals. Yeah. And we invested like 
six figures into an apartment complex passively. Yeah. And that was like, okay, this is our portfolio. But yeah. I'm like, man, I don't I don't feel like an investor. Right. So towards the end of sixteen, I bought three houses back to back to back in like a two month period. And I was like, okay. But they're, I mean, they're just rentals because that's all I knew. I started, I was buy and hold. So we were buy and hold investors. So we get these three rentals going and it's like, okay, now we got five. Like, you know how long <laughs> this is going to take? <laughs> like, if I want to ever leave, I was like, but it's cool that I got five rentals. Like, I'm yeah. ahead of like most of the country. Like, most people want to do this. I got five. Right. Uh, wait, wait, I have a question. When you were investing in real estate, was it to support the money that you were making in corporate? as a means of, hey, I don't just want to have one stream of income. I want to have multiple streams. Or was it a, I'm trying to get out of here? No, it wasn't that. Okay. It was, well, I was not trying to get, I was actually not trying to leave. I, it was more of a, like I said, it was like a backup plan, so to speak. Okay. Like if, if something ever happens, like we're going to have houses. Right. Like that's going to be able to support us. I actually started wholesaling and flipping houses in 2017, but a lot of different things led to that mindset wise to where it's like, oh, buy and hold is just, this is cool for long-term growth. Right. It's good for my personal financial statement, things of that nature, taxes. The cash flow is cool, but I, I would probably need a bunch of these to like, it's easier to retire somebody making Forty, fifty thousand dollars a year than somebody making six figures, because mm. which wanna, is what you were making by yeah. at that time. So like to like try to like leave and replace my salary is like ah, it's gonna take a lot. Right. But at the end of the day, like I looked at work as a means to an end, so I'm just taking my work salary in. Like I didn't, I don't need to go on vacation. I don't need trips. Like I don't, I don't need a car. Like a nice car. Like every dollar, I was just like, okay, babe. 20,000, yeah. like, we're just gonna save as much as we can, we're gonna put it into this next house. And we were doing a bunch of that, and then that light bulb hit in, seven, in 17, where I was starting to go to a lot more networking events and things of that nature, mm. um, just getting different mindsets on like, or thought processes on like how people are attacking the game, the business. And for me, like something as simple as like, there's this poem called The Dash, talk about like, your born date and your death date. Yeah. And but the most on your tombstone, but the most important thing on the tombstone is the dash. And it's like, oh wow. What what did you do with your dash? Yeah. Like in between the, that those dates, and I was like, damn. Or you're listening to somebody like Gary V, and he talks about like having these, um, like if you go look at somebody that's 80, 90 years old, and you talk to them yeah. and look in their eyes, and it's like the one thing that they regret like or the one thing in life that like they don't that they don't like is like the regret of the things right. that they didn't do and things of that nature and so i was like man i don't want to live with regret looking back and so understanding that or eric thomas the hip-hop preacher when he talks about like the guru speech mm -hmm. and talks about like how um most people want to be successful but they just kind of want it and it's right. like they talk about it but i was like well damn I'm gonna be 60 saying I'm gonna leave Chevron like, yeah. if I don't ever make that jump. But what happened was I accidentally wholesaled the house mm. while I was at work. And so I, like, <laughs> wait, how do you accidentally? Hold on, let me let me set up. Real quick. <laughs> how do you accidentally wholesale a house? So again, being a buy and hold investor, 
everything I would get, it was like I understood the process of like, here's what you do, get in the contract, you get your contract, you fix it, but I'm doing this burn method. Like I'm buying, fixing them, refinancing them. Uh, and so like I'm getting this long-term cash flow, but like certain things start hitting me like, okay, if I'm making 500 bucks a month, that's $6,000 a year. But if I have an AC go out, like I didn't make no money that year. Like I was like, oh, okay, even though I ain't having that, I'm fixing. I mean, I have a, a method to how we would do it. So we're, we're fixing a bunch of stuff up front. So we don't have that. Um, I was like, oh no, I need other ways to make money in this business. And so I understood like people were wholesaling, but I get this house under contract after like, we're actually at the hospital. Uh, we just had like our second child and so, mm. but a wholesaler sent me this house that, that uh, he was selling. I was like, okay, I'm gonna buy it. <laughs> and then, but I'm in that mode of I'm ready to flip houses, so I'm not gonna hold this one. Gonna find out at, at that time, you don't really flip houses in that area. So mm. now, like, man, that house right now, like I had the house under contract for 30 grand. That house right now, like even if it is in that same state that it was then, it's probably 130 grand. Mm. And so like you can flip over there now, but then there was no flips on the market. You either saw a new construction or like something they gonna tear down. Like right. you, there's nothing in between. Yeah. And so like I remember talking to a mentor, he was like, yeah, you can't flip over there, bro. Like you need to, he was like, you take that down as a rental or you just flip it back out. So mm -hmm. I was like, well, I don't know anything about that. He was like, well, I'll do it. I'll blast it for you, but you got to take all the calls. I'm like, I don't even know what I'm doing. <laughs> but like, I fumbled my way through that, bro, and, and made a $5,000 check. Yeah. Was, that was our first, first wholesale deal. And I was like, oh, this this is this is like drugs. Like, right. I get it. Like, I understand like how, they, how this is done. Real quick, what's your, if someone was to tell you to define buy and hold, wholesaling, okay. and flipping houses, how would you define all three of those? Because they're all, you know, as I've been working with you and, you know, I've learned so much about real estate, you know, yeah. being, you know, working with you on the accounting side, you know, you realize that all three of them are literally different business models yeah. within yeah. real estate, yeah. you know, and then obviously you have Airbnb and you have other ways yeah. to make money, right? But how would you define those three? Oh man, that actually I have a simple way when, like I said, I keep things simple. So like I look at wholesaling is gonna be uh, your quickest check out of the three typically. So you're basically, you're flipping paperwork. So you're getting the house under contract and then you're flipping that contract. And so you're, you're basically, you're never fully taking possession or you may do it for a short period of time, but you're not actually renovating the property. So you're just, you're getting it on contract and flipping it. So. From that perspective, that's going to be typically your quickest paycheck out of the three uh, and the least amount of risk because you never really own the property mm. and things of that nature. Um, flipping can be your biggest paycheck, but your most amount of risk out of the three because you got to make your money in this short window of window. time. Yeah. And so um, there are certain things that can be out of your control, like the market and things of that nature. So if anything happens, like what's going on right now in this current like recession with right. interest rates and things like that, that's gonna affect you if you're flipping because something you could sell for $500,000, your buyer pool just got smaller because mm. the interest rates just went up. Right. So just understanding like the different dynamics of what happens with flips, 
And so like, but that's kind of how I look at it is it, it can be your biggest paycheck, but it's going to be your most amount of risk. Whereas buy and hold is less to me is less risky. It's still risk because you own the property, but you're making more money in that one compared to anything else because you're making your money over time and you're making it multiple ways. So you got your tax advantages, you got your cash flow from the difference between what the tenant's paying versus what you're having to pay. But then you also not only not just the tax advantages, but then you got the appreciation as it goes up in value mm-hmm. and the tenant paying down the mortgage. So you're making money in so many different ways that with buy and hold, whether it's a house or an apartment complex, like you're gonna make way more money with that versus like flipping. Yeah. So because even to me, like if you look at like a down market, if I'm a buy and hold investor, what does that mean for me? Like, it, like I don't care that the market just went down. I lost some value. That's on the spreadsheet. Because at the end of the day, what we've known for real estate for the most part is even just like stocks. As it goes down, it's going to come back up. Right. And so if you look at a 10-year period, you can see, show me where in a 10-year period, like if you bought some real estate that it didn't appreciate. At some point, yeah. So, like for me, like I, I, when you look at those different models, you can do them for different reasons. So quick cash over here, big checks over here. You can get some big checks over here, but it's a longer play. And so mm-hmm. it's just understanding like how you're doing it or what your goal is for different models. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, that's kind of how I, I would yeah. define those three in no, simple terms anyway. That's That's pretty good. That's really, really good. I feel like We've covered so much so far, right? Yeah. And, I, you know, we're going a certain direction. But I do want to take you back to, because I don't think we discussed when you were at Chevron. You, know, <laughs> you, you have a story around that, right? Yeah. About, you know, even how you left and certain things like that. You know, <laughs> let's let's jump into that, right? Okay. I think the public needs to hear that. Okay. Right? So you're at Chevron, 2017, things are heating up, yeah. you know, in the real estate. It's starting to get good. Then I remember you telling me that there were some months where you were having some really, really good months. Yeah. And then there was even a point where you're like, you know what, I'm going to take off how many months? Like two months? Two, two and a half. Two and a half months. Yeah. And just see how this real estate thing goes full time. Yeah. Yeah. So dive into that. Like, So 2017 was the goal of like, okay, like I've wholesale, like my goal is to start flipping houses. I accidentally wholesaled the house. And then the next month I get another house under contract. Okay, this one I'm like, for sure I'm gonna flip. Close on it, private private lenders, everything. But remind you, the month before I just wholesaled the house. Right. So I was like, okay, I got this new tool in my tool belt. I understand. So I close on it, and then but I do like a lease back for the guy that I'm buying the house from. He's an older guy, like they were in the seventies, they're retiring, they need it the money from closing to be able to move. So I was like, all right, here's basically a 30 day window. Like, take your time. Like, I'm good. Like, I got a job. So right. like, like it's cool. We, I ended up getting like a discount to, to give the 30 days. Mm-hmm. So as we're doing that, the the accountant, nervous, risk adverse person in me is just keep doing more research. So I'm running numbers, running numbers. I'm like, man, but the craziest thing was happening. Like the property was going up in value. Yeah. So every time I'm looking, I'm like, dang, that just sold for two seventy. That one just sold for two eighty. I'm like, I'm getting nervous. Like you think it'd be good stuff, but I was getting nervous because I'm like, man, I don't want a three hundred something thousand dollar house <laughs> that I got to flip because I never wanted to yeah. flip in that arena. I wanted a different box. 
And it's so, crazy how the mind would just play with you. Yeah. Know? So I was like, oh, I don't, I don't want like. So the last straw was I ended up looking at a lot around the corner. So I bought the house for two hundred grand, hundred ninety-seven thousand, and I'm thinking it's worth two fifty. So mm. when stuff started popping up at two seventy-five and two eighty, mm. I was like, oh, okay. But then this lot was on online for sale, and it was like. And it hadn't even sold. That was the crazy thing. It hadn't even sold, but it was on it was on hard for two hundred and twenty thousand. And I was like, that's just, just a lot dirt. by itself, yeah. yeah. I was like, that's wow. just dirt. I got a bigger lot and I got a house. Yeah. So I was like, I think I'm gonna sell this. So I just reached out to a couple people and it was just like, Hey, yeah. what would you pay? First company was like two twenty two twenty six. No, two twenty two. Wow. And the next one was like two twenty six. So I was like, Oh, I think I'm finna sell this. Yeah. Call a homeboy and he was like, Hey, I think I have a buyer for you. And I was like, all right, well, what is, what is he gonna pay? He was like, I mean, two thirty six, but I think I can get him up. I'm like, all right, call me back. Calls me back. Hey, I got him two forty nine nine. I think I can get him up some more. I was like, nah, bro, send me the contract. <laughs> like, send me the contract right now. So at that time, like, I chunked him some cash, and I was like, dang, I just made almost fifty thousand dollars, and I didn't leave the office. So at that point, I was like, okay, I think I understand this game. Mm. And so. That was the second deal, like back to back months. But it was like, okay, I'm from five to fifty, and then at that point, I was like, okay, I think I understand. But and that was, I think that deal sold in like June, June of twenty seventeen, or maybe July. By January of eighteen, I had done twenty two deals, and more than triple, like in in gross pay, like what Chevron had paid. And I was like, oh. But what ended up happening about those days of like, okay, you need to take some time off was my the nature of my job was traveling to different countries and going to different companies. So I rarely like was in the office. And if I was in the office, it was just like prepping for the next project or wrapping up one of the projects I was on. But it wasn't like I had a physical job that I needed to do something in the office. Mm. So at some point we're starting to have change in management and then our group it's a lot older and we're vocal and they were like, Hey, we need you to come into the office. I'm like, why do you need why? Like So Didn't you I remember you told me that they wanted you to go to like a country, country in South Venezuela. South Africa Yeah. Yeah. Venezuela and you yeah. told them what what did you tell them? I said no. I I, I didn't feel safe. <laughs> I, I was like But they said, wait a minute, you didn't feel safe to go there, but you felt safe to go to Angola. Yeah, because yeah, like I, I will always go to Angola, the Congo, right. different places in Africa. Um, but it's, I guess it's different. But at the same time, like, like if they would have tried to send me to, like, the Congo or, like, DRC, like, during, like, Ebola or something, I'm like, nah, I'm not going to go. Right. That's kind of what was happening with, like, when they were trying to send me to Venezuela. Like, right. they had Zika going on, like, the economy's unrest, like, yeah. like people weren't having like toilet tissue and things of that nature, right. food. And I'm like, why, like, why am I going to go there? Like, yeah, like send, get, send someone else. Like, <laughs> yeah. Now, but it, it, I mean, I get it, but like for our group, like, man, we, we got additional pay to go. Mm -hmm. I mean, cause you're, you're dealing with like different things that you wouldn't deal with like necessarily at home. So like, I get it. But at that time I was just in a different space. So it was like, no, I'm pretty sure. Like, I understand how this thing affects, even though it's not like, I don't think it was like deadly, but it was like I understood like some of the things it could affect, and I was like, mm, 
pretty sure I want to have more kids. You don't yeah. even know if you have Zika when you get it. I was like, you know what? I'm just not going to go. And so yeah. that, and I realized that was when I was starting to like make that transition about freedom. It was just like, oh, okay, I can get an extra, I guess I won't say since I already said what it was, <laughs> but I can get some extra money to go to right. the Congo and, and work, but I could make that if I stayed home or more mm. and do it over again every single month without ever having to leave my family. And so I have like little kids and we had just had our second. So by the time I left, they were four and one. And so like, that's scary, right? right? But at the same time, I was like, I remember my first time going to Africa for a month and then coming home and watching my, like at the time she was two, but like just watching like how she wouldn't let me go cause she didn't know how mm. long I was going to I was like, oh yeah, I can't do this. Right. But I had already told my wife a long time ago for that role, my job is this or nothing. Right. Cause I knew I, I can't go back to a regular job cause like I have this freedom where like I'm traveling or I work from home. Um, my job isn't that difficult. Like I felt like, I mean, I'm bringing back millions of dollars for the company. So, but I feel like my job isn't that difficult. And I understood my role outside of this corporate world right. as a contractor, what my rate would be. So right. like even when I left Chevron, like I knew I could go be a contractor and make more than what Chevron was paying me. Which tends, so, that typically happens a yeah, lot of so, times, right? Yeah, so I had to stop from wanting to go that direction because it's like, do I care about oil or do I care about freedom? Right. So, so you you took that two and a half month sabbatical is what I like to yeah. call it, right? And then what happened during that time when it came to like real estate? Because now you have 100% of your time that you can now focus on real estate for the first time. Okay, so I will tell you, so the way that ended up happening was they basically was like, Thanksgiving had just passed and we need you to take some time off. Like you didn't take any time off for Thanksgiving because we have every other Friday off. Like I didn't really need it. And I work yeah. and I work from home like most of the time. So I'm like, I really never need a vacation. So I was like, you know what? Y'all are starting to get on my nerves a little bit. <laughs> so I I got they basically like you got two hundred and ten hours of vacation, you can't really roll that all of that over. So I was like, all right, I'll do y'all one better. I'll take off all of December all of January, half of February. And so, because I also had like some paternity leave. So <laughs> so I, I just took it all. All together. Yeah, so I just took it all. And uh, I mean, we didn't really have a whole bunch of projects in December and January mm -hmm. anyway. And so like, we really started ramping up in that group in February anyway. So I was like, all right, this is what I'm gonna do. But in my head, I no longer worked for Chevron. In my head, I didn't have a job. So mm -hmm. I was like, what is it like if I just get up, take the kids to school, and this is my full-time job, right. what does it look like? And I just, I hustled, I grind, and I looked up and the deals that I was locking up in December start closing in January. Remember I said like, wholesaling can be the quick check. Right. I'm not telling people to go do that. Like, it's work, it's a lot of work. I mean, it's right. easy, it's an easy concept, but it's just work, and a lot of people are not prepared for that. But like I was, and like, I didn't have courses and things and I just kind of understood it and it just made sense. And next thing you know, I mean, I had mentors and people I would talk to and this is what they were doing. But if you ask them to this day, they'd be like, yeah, dude, you're the only person like that I mentored. You never did anything I told you. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you still make a lot of money. You still made it. Yeah. So like, but I, a lot of those deals I looked up and I was like, 
we're locking these deals up in December and they're closing in January. Well, January was a six-figure month. February went six figures, but it was a lot. And I was like, man, like, so I'm getting questions from people at, at work, like, why are you still here? And I was just like, uh, you know, kids and stuff. And it was just like, then I started asking myself, like, why am I still here? Like, this doesn't make sense to me. Like, so after a while, like, it became like, what does it look like? Is this what you want to do? And networking and talking to different people. And then finally people saying, like, even just having conversations and saying, like, you're probably costing yourself a million dollars by not quitting this mm. job. And I was like, huh. Like, it's weird that this stranger told me that, and for some reason, I believe him. <laughs> I mean, I, I was intoxicated, but I, but I believed him, and I was like, you know what? He's probably right. Yeah. And 48 hours later, like, I put in my notice. Mm. Like, but I had to do it right then. How'd you put it in? So I was on a project. <laughs> so I wasn't even, I wasn't even in the office. Uh -huh. Like, I was on a project at another company here in Houston, and so... Uh, I remember uh, my wife was at the office and she needed to take her car. For those who don't know, oh, yeah. Kristen, his wife, and Don worked at Chevron together at the same time. At towards the end, well, or in the middle, like because at some yeah. at some point, like she started at a different oil company and then okay. So when when you graduated, because y'all both graduated oh yeah. seven, yeah, she didn't go Chevron directly. No, she, okay, but then she came in yeah. later. She went okay. to another major. Got it. And then came over. Yeah, And so, like, I remember, like, she needed, like, her brakes or something changed. So I was like, all right, I need to come to the office to, or no, I was going to meet her at the brake place. But I was like, I got to drop you back off at the office. So as I'm taking her back to the office, I'm, we we were talking on IM. I'm like, hey, babe, it's time. Like, I need to put in this notice. So, I mean, she, she'd probably be mad. Nah, she ain't going to be mad. I tell this story. So that same night. The yeah. night before, when I went to the networking event, I'm drinking and we're talking. I come home after the dude told me that, and I was like, babe, like, this is, I, I think I need to do this. She's like, you're drunk. Like, <laughs> like go to bed. Like, you, you've been drinking. Like, this ain't a wise decision. I woke up the next day with the same energy, though. And I was like, <laughs> so we're on IM. I was like, yeah, no, nah, I need to do it. Yeah. We need to, I was like, at the very least, we need to come up with a date. Like, let's just come up with a date. Yeah. And... I think I said like two weeks or something or a month. Mm -hmm. I think I said a month and she was like, that's too soon. So I was like, how about two months? And so she was like, okay. Yeah. I was like, okay, well, I'm gonna go tell him right now. And she was like, huh? <laughs> I was like, well, I'm gonna tell him right now. Like I better do it right now while I still got the boss. <laughs> so like, if I don't do it right now, like I'm probably not gonna do it. Yeah. So I go take her, we talk about it at lunch. I was like, yeah, no, I'm finna do it. So yeah. we, we go back to the office, I park. Walking in with my backpack, like super happy, bro. Like I ain't even know, I, like, but that wasn't. But you my walked official. in happy, bro. Happy as I don't know what. Because not I not nervous, but like nah, happy. Nah, cause I, cause I was like, I understood. I had like, like the confidence is like okay, I'm, like it's starting to kick in. Like I think you can do this, but I will tell you, it wasn't how much money I was making that mm. made me do it. It was the fact that I realized, and I talked to myself a lot back then. So I was talking to myself. I was like. Dude, it's not the money you made. It's literally that you've taught yourself how to make money outside of here. So once I did that, it was just like, okay, let's go have this conversation. But I told her, but then it was like, well, until you give me the official letter, like I won't say anything to the rest of management. So I was like, okay, let's go type up this letter. Yeah. <laughs> so we ended up doing that later on. But yeah. That's no, it's kind of crazy because I feel like Kristen reminds me of Rita. 
in some ways, you yeah. know, because there's times where I'm like, I got to get this done. And she's like, wait, wait, hold on. Let's, yeah, let's yeah. think it through. And, you know, there's times where it's like I've already thought it and I just want to, like, act. And she's like, no, 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 let's slow it down or whatever. Yeah. So it's cool. I feel I feel like personalities like myself and yours need someone like that to kind of, like, keep us at bay at times, you know, because some of the decisions we make oh, might yeah. be. <laughs> Especially now because, like, like I said, I like when we were talking before back back room. Like I, uh, my thought process is on a lot of stuff now. Like I realize, like I'm a visionary more so than an implementer. Mm-hmm. And so, like I can sit there in a room, and just like, all right, this is the direction we need to go. Here's here's why. Like even like I can I can pinpoint the day I made the decision to say let's buy apartments. Like I still remember that. Like like it was so clear, and I remember like the conversations that I had that led up to it, the actual events that I went to where it's like, oh, like, why am I not doing this? Right. And I remember even, I remember a post when I said I was going to do it. And I was like, can you really do this? Like, right. you're putting this out there now. Right. And then telling people like, yeah, I think I'm finna buy apartments. And I looked up and I have friends be like, dude, over the last like 18 months, it's like, you remember when you said you were going? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. yeah. And I was like, damn, when's the last time I bought a house? Like, that's that's weird to me. Like, it, and like, like you mentioned, like 180 doors. It's not the 180 doors to me that's crazy. It's the right. amount of transactions. transactions. That so to close a commercial deal is like, a, it's work. And so like, they typically may take anywhere from 60 to 75 days to close. So just imagine doing that shit almost 10 times. But yeah, (laughs) like, just imagine, like, it's like, I feel like I'm almost always closing. So it's like, but at the same time, I'm like, I'll laugh because I'm laughing at my life because saying this on camera. But like, it's weird because it's like, like, I don't have a job, like. Like, I don't know my credit score. Like, I'm pretty sure it's decent. Like, I'm getting <laughs> loans, but I don't know it, right? And it's not, it's probably not a great thing, but it's like, I got so much stuff going on that like right. I don't know it, I don't have a job. And like, you know, even sometimes like with the the way like the taxes and stuff can be done, like there's been certain banks was like, dude, you you look like you lose a lot of money on paper. I'm like, that's eh, kind of why I got in this part of the game. Right. Because I understand that if you go look at a, a Donald Trump or uh, Warren Buffett or uh, Don Peoples or any of these these major people, and they talk about like all these billionaires, these and it's like, well, why don't they pay their fair share in taxes? Well, it depends on like how you make your money, right? So, right, like those dudes don't have jobs, so right. there's a difference. Like when you have a job and you got to pay, like the government's coming after that first, right? And so it's like, but passive income is treated differently. Yeah. And if they ever change that, then it's like, yeah, okay, then let's yeah, make that out. Like, messed up, right? <laughs> yeah, short term. But like I feel like like no matter like who's in office, like I feel like this always, to be honest. Like it's your job to create your economy, like your personal economy. Economy's gonna do what it's gonna do, but it's your job to create your personal economy. So mm-hmm. as they're gonna do certain things or make certain rules, it's like okay, your job to figure out how to navigate around those rules. Or like play within those rules. I ain't gonna say navigate around, but play play within those rules. Right. So if they give you the game, well, okay, well here's the game. Like go learn the rules of that game so that you can play it well. Yeah. And as you do that, like like we had a conversation once, and you were like, hey, like 
you know, like you have these losses, but you're making this money over here. Like you're starting to run out of these losses. Like you're finna, you're gonna basically, you're gonna pay taxes. I'm like, all right, let me pivot like my business. Like why am I flipping mm. all these houses? Like every time. Let's I- jump into that too. Okay. So, so in 2018, right? You had, in 2018 was the year that you quit? Yeah. What What month was that? End of June. End of June? End of June. Because so you, was, you literally came office. to my office like about a week or two after you yeah, quit? Yeah. Oh, that's insane. Yeah, okay. Because yeah. I remember, because I have it on my Instagram when yeah. we like we had that, we were, in, we were here in this room. Yeah. And we were probably here for what, like four or five hours yeah. just talking about, you know, like everything that we're talking I, about now. Because I told you, I was like, by the time I finished, I was like, even you're going to invest in real estate, I was like, I promise, like, we're going to talk about that, too. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just understand this game, like, at a different level. I was like, you, you're going you're gonna to invest in real estate, I promise. Like, you yeah. like stocks, but I, I don't think stocks got anything on this. Yeah. We got so much to cover. So that day, you know, we talked about, like, your journey and everything. And at that time, you were like, hey, I need some help with the taxes, right? Yeah. Because you were, like, on 100. You were just going... Right. Oh, yeah, that was it. It was it was all real estate. Like I was just like when they talk about like being on go, that's what like that's what it was. Like I just understood how to do deals and I was just gonna do deals. I, I didn't understand like I understood taxes need to be done and obviously because you're an accountant, yeah, but like so I was like at some point I was the one like me and my wife we just do our taxes. Right. At that point I realized I was like, oh, like I don't want to do my taxes. I don't like. It's right. not that I can't. It's just a lot. I got to stop doing all this. Yeah. And I'm like, now I don't have a job though. So in my head, I'm like, if I take this time to go over here and do these taxes, am I costing myself ten thousand, twenty, cost. thirty thousand yeah. dollars? Because I'm doing taxes and not doing real estate. And to be honest, back then, like I didn't even, I don't even know what a, I didn't know what a break was. It was just like, I don't. Vacation, like I, rem- bro, I remember at the end of eighteen, we we took a trip to the Bahamas for my brother-in-law's uh, birthday, and it was like a milestone birthday. And I remember going and taking my laptop, but like <laughs> not turning it on, and but like, but getting like this mini depression because I'm not turning it on. Cause I'm like, like I love them, like this is family, but I don't want to be here, like. <laughs> Even though we're in the Bahamas for Christmas, like, I don't want to be here. Like, yeah. I, like, cause I can't make money cause I'm here. Right. I was like, oh, wait, hold on. Like, this isn't a business. Like, I own a job. So then right. it, my mindset started even shifting. Then, like, yeah. I, I done been through so much growth over that time, but yeah. it was just like at that moment, that's when it clicked. I was like, oh, like, I'm just hustling. Right. Like, I, I didn't even create a business. Like, I, And that's the point of a yeah. figure focus, right? Yeah. Oh man, we don't have those conversations. Man, that that's the whole point of this because I feel like a lot of times when we get in the business, we're we're hustling and we we, we don't even realize it, right? Because yeah. we're just trying to survive, we're trying to make money, and then you end up building something, but then the infrastructure and everything isn't really together, right? So I feel like a lot of people have gone through that, yep. and until you are exposed to to better or more, then you don't necessarily know, and you're just kind of going through the um, hoops. You're just trying 100%. to really Make enough money to where you can take care of yourself, your family, buy a few things here and there, and just survive and have a decent life, right? Yep. But then building all of that can actually get you much further, 
you know, not only in your life, but in your business and just overall, right? 100%. And it can increase your net worth like in, like crazy. So, you know, you said that you went to the Bahamas, you know, you it was hard for you to focus, yeah. right? Because yeah. you feel like you're missing out. I feel like so many people, um, especially people who are watching, have been through that or are going through that right now, right? Like, yeah. can you really... A lot of people probably feel like, is it really possible to take a week or a few days away from my business and just focus on being present in the moment or whatnot, you know? And I feel like that's something that a lot of us are working to get to that that place, yeah. Yeah. right? So when we had that conversation, I feel like you had about a year or so, you know, it was June or July. So that year's taxes were, were on extension. So we were, yeah. you know... I said, yeah, we can definitely come in and we can help you with the taxes. <laughs> I had no idea what I was about to get myself into. <laughs> Literally, like, <clears throat> excuse me, you had so many things going on. You had, like we said earlier, you had wholesale revenue. You had yeah. flip revenue. You had buy and hold revenue. Yeah. You had laundromat. Yeah. You had storage all these units. storage units, all these different things that you needed to be accounted for, right? Yeah. And so that was a really big Tiny home part. I forgot yeah. about that. <laughs> so that was a um, outside of you. We had another client that was uh, similar to where he had so many. And you you met him on, yeah. on a call that we did. He um, he had the same type of setup going on. And I remember I said I'm never going to take another uh, client like this again because this is just a lot of moving pieces that you yeah. have to be responsible for. But then obviously when you came and you said, Hey, I need your help. I was like, We got to take this challenge, yeah. right? And so we were able to like go in and, you know, we got everything together. But I feel like in that course of us talking, you realize that, okay, I need to figure out a method yeah. moving forward. I don't necessarily know if doing all these three is the best thing, right? And I think when we had that conversation about, hey, you're going to owe this much money, that light bulb clicked on and you were like, yeah. nah, yeah. I feel like there's a better way. <laughs> yeah. Right. And then that's when you I think you started saying, I'm going to go like 90% buy and hold. Yeah. Right. And so that's your method that, actually, that you're on. Bro, I, I actually cut everything else. Like, I ain't going to say cold turkey, but it was it was pretty close to where like we don't really do a bunch Was it of from stuff. that conversation around taxes? Was that the, was it other factors? That oh, made there you definitely other factors. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, that that conversation was definitely like vital in that. Yeah. But then, like you know, like I said before, like I'll do. Uh, I have a lot of like self, like meditation type moments where I'm just <laughs> right. sitting and thinking, and like I just realized it was like, man, every time I flip a house, like I got to pay taxes. Yeah. So why am I flipping the house? Yeah. So. Like, and also, like, for me, like, okay, I'm wholesaling, I'm flipping, like, I have my buying holes. My buying holes at that point was, like, so super passive for me because, like, I don't, we didn't manage them. Like, I had a property manager. She kind of handles that stuff. I'm doing the active stuff. But then of the two, I was, like, flipping properties. Like, man, if if I'm going to have stress, that's where my stress is. If I'm, if I'm going to lose money, it's going to be in flips, like. It's kind of hard to lose over here, but at the same time, I don't necessarily want to build the business of this because I've like I I don't knock people like that have like real estate licenses and things like that. I kind of look at it like a CPA <laughs> like like for me like right. I looked at it like having a CPA license. It can only help. It's not going to hurt. Right. Um, but I knew I wasn't going into like that public sector, so it was like okay, this is only a benefit, but it's not going to really 
it's not going to push me to where I want to go because I'm not going to do that. So, but it, it'd be helpful to have it. But I was like, ah, I don't, I don't want it. So that's kind of how I looked at like having a license, like a real estate license. So I'm like, okay. But the difference is like for me, when I look at like a realtor is like, it's kind of like a flipper. Like your, your transactions are, or your business is transactional. So if you want to eat every time, like, I was like, damn, do I got to flip a house every time? Like, it's good money, but every time I want to eat, I got to flip another house. I'm like, I don't Well, buy and hold, I ain't got to buy that house again. But then how, how many houses is it going to take? And so, like, with the apartments, I'm like, oh, well, I can just buy that, do these things. I'm like, so it just made more sense for me. And then the more and more I thought about it, it was just like, how like it's only lonely at the top if you don't bring other people with you right Right. so i was like i could do this and it's cool and we make this money we go on this trip but then it's just us like right like at some point that's not as fun right so funny that you say that there was a clip kevin hart's been making his i saw it yeah i just saw that he's been doing like he had an interview with jay-z then he had an interview with um the pivot yeah right and one of the things he talked about was how it is lonely when you make the money by yourself, yeah. right? It's only lonely at the top. You don't bring people with you. Man. Yeah. And so he's on this push about why don't more people work together versus not working together, you know? And I feel like he's cooking up something in the background because yeah. he keeps talking about it, right? And I like what you what you said as far as that. Um, I do want to cover something before we jump into that because that, that's really, really good. We had a conversation. So... You know, obviously, you said, you know what, how I'm operating, I'm operating three different businesses at once. I need to, like, sit down and say, you know what, I'm going to focus my attention on that one. Yeah. So I like that because I feel like we, a lot of times, want to do so many different things. And then because we do so many different things, we're not able to accelerate because our focus is everywhere. You said another thing that was very key. You have a lot of quiet time. Yeah. Where you have downtime and you're, like, just there by yourself i think your alone time is in the garage it is (laughs) it's in the garage you're by yourself do you have any music or any noises going on or is it just like silent depends on the day depends on the day right yeah Yeah. but so in those times especially when you're away from your phone you're just there thinking that's when a lot of ideas or just clarity come yeah right and i don't think enough of us take time you know, you might have kids, you have your business, you have life happening, yeah. but taking that time to just sit in silence is so important from what I'm experiencing as well. Yeah. You know, so it's dope that you do that. Bro, I, like I, I, I even put this out there, like you can ask like, cause okay, I operate in this sense. Would you rather have 100% of a grape or a quarter of a watermelon? Right. Like there's so much more juice to squeeze on that watermelon. And so like in, in our community, especially like we we've been conditioned or so many people want to be like i'm the boss like I, this is this is mine this is my shit i built this like from the ground up entrepreneur blah 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 bro like we can have a business together nobody even has to know me like i don't right. even care like i remember a long time ago um listening to like houston rap comedian it was like yeah. i'd rather be rich than broken famous yeah. and that line stuck to me like from high school like to now like and it was just like I don't necessarily have to be the one in the in the forefront. Like, a lot of times, like, you don't see me posting stuff on social media. Like, bro, we close 200 
200 acres like yeah. last week and 48 doors. I'm, I still haven't posted. Still yeah. haven't posted about it. But in my head, like I understand, like I'm I'm able to bring other people and, and impact other people. So it's not necessarily me having to do all this stuff by myself or I got to take on all of this challenge and, and run every single thing. So whether it's like we're running the apartments and like my wife is running the majority of the portfolio or my brother's running this property over here or I have a business partner on these and this and this. But at the end of the day, it's like these moving pieces, but not only am I allowing like the growth of other people to come with us as we, we go on this journey, but even if it's like some of our investors, I think we treat it a little different. Whereas instead of me selling a whole bunch of courses and things of that nature, a lot of our investors are like, hey, you're investing in this deal, but anything you want to know, and let's learn. So if you mm. want to go do this on your own, like I can show you two of our buddies, right? And more than two actually, but that's invested in a couple of deals. And then a week before we closed the 48 unit, like they closed their first 12 unit. Mm. And it was just like, but they learned on a couple of our deals on like, here's how you do it. Here's how you run it. Here's how you get the capital and raise the capital. Here's how you actually go through the transaction and close the deal. And then like I invested in the deal with them. <laughs> Even <laughs> That's though crazy. Yeah. like I'm mentoring them through the deal. And it's just like, but it's cool and it's fun to me because like, what are the, like, what are the ways when I, can I have impact? And I'm like, I'm not only changing my life and my family's life, but I know I'm impacting others. Mm -hmm. And, it's like that saying where Tupac was like, I may not spark or change the world, but I have the idea that's going to spark somebody that's going to change. I'm like, right. I kind of feel like that sometimes. Like, that's kind of why we're in it. And and for us to be able to, to give back, especially for like those in our community where we're taught, hey, go start these businesses and go do it on your own. Yeah. It's like, you don't necessarily have to do that. You can do it over here. You can be together. You can do it as a group or you can do it as a partner uh, or have partners. But just understand, like, like it doesn't have to be just you, and you can go on this journey and grow and learn together and make a bunch of money together. It's dope, man. So let's really now jump into commercial real estate, right? Because okay. I feel like we've been pieces, yeah. pieces, right? And we've talked about your beginning journey in real estate was residential, mm -hmm. single family, and in 2018 when you came here into this office, we talked about real estate. And at that time, I was like, I ain't trying to hear that. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. I'm stock. And the reason why I'm stocks is because I always felt like with real estate, you know, obviously there's remnants of what happened in 2008, 2007. Yeah. We all saw that with the Great Depression and how real estate was, was how it was, it was high and then it just hit low. And then another thing for me was with stocks, I felt like that was definitely like the ultimate passive. Yeah thing that you can do. And I always felt like with real estate, you had to be hands, like a super hands-on. And for me, I had so much going on at that time. I'm like, that's another responsibility yeah. for me. And then you said something that like stood out. I don't know if it was on that day or a different day, but you were like, you know what? I think you going into commercial real estate with the kind of things that you enjoy when it comes to business and having a business mind, that would be perfect for you because it's just like running a business. Yeah. And that stood out to me. I was like, hmm, 
this is something that I need to like really look at. Because yeah. I always looked at real estate from a residential, single-family yeah. perspective, because that's what's promoted and marketed. Yeah, exactly. But I didn't even know that the commercial side was even something that I could do. Yeah. I thought, you know, you drive by, you see all these buildings, and you're like, that's impossible. I'll yeah. never be able to yeah. invest in anything it's like, like that. Oh, it's this big giant corporation. Right. Going, like, no. So from like people like us, we're, we're, we look at it like that's not possible for me. Yeah. You know, and yeah. then meeting you, and then seeing how you jumped in. And you started out residential, but then I feel like, you know, you were exposed to commercial by people that you met along the journey oh, of, of real estate. Yeah. And so even with you, I feel like, you know, you had a transformation. You were like, you know what, I can do this commercial yeah. thing. And then once you started doing it, you're like, let me go tell as many people as possible. And then not, not only that, but let me set up different real estate investment funds and bring people into it, like you said. Not right. funds. Don't say funds. Oh, it's not a fund. Okay. <laughs> okay. So investment deals, yeah. right? So like we've we've done like a couple of small syndications. Got it. Got it. So although I think you know, as we continue building, you know, the opportunity the zone fund, fund is yeah. something that we need to look into. But, yeah. Now we got uh, some friends. Um, I got some friends that's been pushing me in that direction as well. Yeah. Uh, so. That, that's been something to look at, especially when you start having capital gains and things of yeah. that nature. Yeah. So trust me, like, like any way like, that I can understand, like, here's how we need to navigate in this space. Um, like, trust me, I try to, like, think about, like, mm -hmm. if and when I need to implement certain strategies. And that, that's one of them. So, right. But I will tell you, I will tell you, as you talk about getting into the commercial space, understand that because of your skill set, it's not necessarily, like I tell this to all people, it's not just because you're an accountant, right? But I feel like the people that are most successful that I've personally seen in this base, it's they're either people with marketing skills um, because their ability, like marketing sales to raise capital and things of that nature. Um, engineers, because they love processes and systems. Mm -hmm. And so like, that's basically running an apartment complex, right? And then accountants, count as finance because you understand the numbers. Right. So you can go look at a personal or a P&L uh, profit loss statement and say, all right, here's the, here's how much money this business is making. And this is what it needs to look like. But on this commercial space, does it really make sense to have like payroll? Right. It? So it's like. Let's, let's really, yeah, let's dive into that too. So you jump into real estate and you tell me about it as well. And then it wasn't until 2020 that I got into commercial real estate, yeah. right? But it wasn't, my first deal wasn't with you necessarily. It was with another like group that I actually had you yeah. come speak to, right? Yeah. Langston Real Estate Fund. And so it was 25 of us where uh, we bought a property in South Carolina yeah. together. And I was like, man, I own a property that I've never been to, but you know, you can see it on yeah. like paper and everything. That's, that's cool. And then you came and you approached me about some other deals that you were doing yeah. and how you wanted me and Rita to be a part of it. So then, you know, we invested in, in we've invested in two deals yeah. so far with you. And the thing that I love about it is that I'm able to, you know, invest in it and you have the knowledge and the acumen of everything, right? So yeah. I'm learning from you and I'm seeing how everything goes. So now in the future, whenever... I do want to, let's say, do a couple of these deals on my own. Yeah. I feel better equipped, right? So I think for a lot of people, that's a good opportunity for them or a good thing for them to do versus them just jumping right in yeah. 
it might be good to do a few investments. You actually did one in 20, like back in the day, you said um, whenever you started building your real estate portfolios, you invested in an apartment deal, right? You see what I'm saying? So so it's crazy. So like doing stuff like that and then learning and then going out and doing it yourself. I mean, you can, but yeah. I think like that's I mean, a, you can a learn in the fire. I got, I got a buddy right now, like, he's onto his second apartment deal, but his first one, it, like, he had no experience whatsoever, no no education in it. He was just like, something tells me, like, he flipped four houses. He's like, yeah. something told me, like, the to next play it. was to get into apartments. Yeah. So it's like real life monopoly. Like, you know, you buy your, your red houses and you flip them for the green hotel, but it's right. a hotel. It's apartment. Oh, that's a great way to look at it. So, no, nah, I mean, real estate in general, bro, like, I feel like I play real life Monopoly. So, like, if you if you look at Monopoly when you're going around that board, collecting that $200, that's going to work. Right. And it's like, the more of these things over here that you start to own and invest in, well, now you don't necessarily have to go around that board as much. Mm. Then eventually you don't even have to go around the board because you own so much stuff that you don't have to go around the board. So like that was always like once I got into it and I started realizing I'm chasing the freedom, that's why like it was like oh I just need to but here I need to go on this scale, but I mean we 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 say I like on this like and I don't want this to get twisted like man I got like I got a team like right. and like the 48 unit they're there right now while we're doing this and right. like so like and like my wife my brother like Jeff like. Like they're smart, like right. they can handle. It. Like we'll talk about like me being able to like go and chill in the garage. Like I, if I feel like I gotta go at two o'clock in the afternoon, like hey, I gotta go to the garage. But I may like I also know like there's times where like anybody that really like closely knows me, like if I like get like super overwhelmed, like I may just like just excuse my language again. I may say fuck it and just turn off my phone for two days. For two days, two really? days, and like. But my partners, my wife, like they'll know, like, all right, it's time for us to pick up slack. Like he's not, he's not messing with nobody right now. And like, sometimes it's just like, I just need to think through like what we need to do or what's going on. Or I just don't feel like talking to nobody for that moment. And when I come at it and I'm like, all right, now I'm good. Like, all right, well, where we been? Well, I've talked to this person, this person, this person. I'm like, all right, shit, appreciate that, bro. Like they'll know like to like pick that up because like, Shit, I just don't feel like talking to nobody. So, like, it just depends. But like, like, but I've watched even watching you build like your company going from, like, I remember when you first started. I'm like, damn, like, and then it was like, I don't know if you say names of like employees and stuff like that, but it was you and like the first employee. And yeah. I was like, oh man, he's cool. Yeah. And, like I remember like watching that growth from that and like, and I watch you post like, oh yeah, we just had this team meeting. I'm like, god damn, how many faces is on that? I'm like. <laughs> That's nice. Like that's a business. Like this is some stuff. Like you can go build like the podcast and things like that because you know you got a great team behind you. Mm-hmm. Like that's the stuff I'm still learning how to build. But like, don't give me the credit. Like, cause like I understand a bunch of this stuff and I can work and I can get shit done. But at the same time, like I know like I got a bunch of smart people behind me that work hard that do a bunch of stuff that I don't have to do. Like I don't like I'm not cut out to talk to tenants. Like I I love my residents. Like I want to make sure like. I know I have a fiduciary duty to take care of them because like a lot of times, like I said, a bunch of them may look like us. And I'm like, man, this this lady can be my grandma. Like, mm-hmm. you know, she, she's she been living at this property for 40 years. I'm like, damn, like at one point it was like, man, you've been living here long and I've been alive mm-hmm. in this one unit. So I'm like, 
But then I understand the business side. I'm like, dang, I need to raise rent. But I'm like, yeah, like I don't, I, I'm not gonna do that here. Like we just want to bite the bullet, cause yeah, like, cause I understand if somebody else comes in there, they're they're just gonna do that. Mm-hmm. I can figure out a way to make that money up in a different way, because I I wanna ha- I wanna have more impact than just I made some money. So same thing when I like and look and I talk about investing and making sure like my friends and my family are able to get in these deals. I know I could go raise capital like this. Like I had to raise a million dollars on the last transaction. I could I can easily could have sent an email to one of the groups that I'm a part of and that money would have been like committed in thirty minutes. Like that's not a question. Like, but I understood like, hey, I'm gonna go this other challenging route because I want to make sure my friends and my family have these opportunities that they necessarily wouldn't see. Right. And not only will I get them in, um, because I'm educating, like, we're going to make sure you understand what you're investing in. But I also want to teach you, like, if you want to learn, hey, you've invested in this. This is your money. Don't just make money. Right. Let's go get you some education. So if you want to go do this on your own or like my brother, as he became a part of the company, it was just like, you can ask anybody on my company. Like, we, we'll pause and we'll have discussions of, like, we got to make sure everybody has individual properties as well. I need y'all to be eating because what's the point of us doing this or we building this wealth if you're not doing it too? Or something as simple as when we close a couple of the commercial deals. My net worth is cool. Like, I, I can sign by myself. Like, we don't need, but hey, we, hey, my brother's going to sign on here too. So now, guess what? If he ever goes to go get an apartment complex later, well, guess what? He has experience because... He owns he owns this because whether he was just a part of the company, no, he personally signed on this. Mm-hmm. So now, like, I want to make sure like we're putting people in positions to not only understand it, but now you can you can actually go do. Right. And so like, I mean, it's big to me. Like, I, like I said, I know legacy isn't just me leaving my kids some houses and some money. Right. Like, what other impact did you leave on this earth before you left? Like, what yes. is that dash? That dash. That dash. Yeah, bro. So commercial real estate, um, how do you get into it? Like, like, how did you get into it? You were introduced to it through, you know, different relationships, but like, how'd you start? Man, honestly, I, <clears throat> which is weird, like, it, well, I guess it's not weird, but like networking events. So like, like I said, when we first were getting into real estate, like the very first thing was like, like she took me to a networking event with this one organization and it was just like, oh, okay, this is different but nobody's really like teaching or like people are selling stuff, but they're not really teaching anything. So right. it was like, okay, well, I remember later like going in like this again, a long time ago, like 2012, 13 or something, maybe 11. But I remember like going on Facebook, you know, it's like, like how do y'all find mentors in this space? <laughs> like asking people and it was like, oh, I went to this group or oh, I went to this group. I'm like, oh, shit, I'm gonna go check that out. And before I knew it, like I'm, like, okay, let me go spend some money and then join these groups because I'm getting around other people that are like-minded and that are wanting to learn the same stuff and do the same stuff where in then certain groups, I'm like, oh, they're doing case studies and they're saying this is what I did. I'm like, mm-hmm. this is the shit I need. Like, right. this right here is what I need. And so, like, just going through, like, those type of things and then I just picked up more education as we went just because of the groups we were in. So they're teaching us about commercial real estate and things of that nature and then i'm meeting like apartment owners and 
becoming friends with them and not even on purpose. Like I'm just going in, bro. And I'm a, I, like I said, I was an introvert. So like right. I go, I'm like, I don't know that I'm necessarily talking to a whole bunch of people, but I'm forcing myself to go to these events. And before I know it, like I still remember to this day, one of the guys that owned some apartments at the time, I didn't even know we were, just, I'm on a, on a road trip. I'm looking at some apartments and I was like, yeah. Oh, these are nice. And, but he, I guess he could tell I was new or something, but he was like, here's my car, man. If you ever have any questions. Mm. And I'm looking, I'm like, CEO, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, everybody put, you know, it's like you put anything on the car. But I'm like, right. later I look and I'm like, kind of find out, like, dude owns like four, five, six apartment complexes or something at the time. Like, like told me to call him. Hey, yeah. like, I got questions. And he was just like, because at the time I was like, I've had certain people, I was still at Chevron. So mm. at the time, like, I'm just looking and he's like, yeah, you need to do apartments. I'm like, eh. but I was at that point. I was I was just starting to rock with houses, right? And I was good at it, so I'm like, eh. yeah, I'm gonna just keep doing these houses. Yeah. So, um, but I remember him having those kind of conversations, like, hey, you need to get into commercial. Like, I think you'll do very well at it. And I was like, why? Why did he say that you? He felt that you would do very well at it. It was the same thing that you were telling me, or something different. A little, a little different. Like I think, like at the time, I told him, like. I had fear. I was like, dude, I don't want to lose my money. So I'd be damned if I lose somebody else's. Like, I don't I don't want to get in a deal and I got, like, other people's money at stake. And he was like, to be honest, if you didn't feel that way, you wouldn't be a good investor. Mm. He's like, you wouldn't be a good syndicator. You wouldn't be a good lead because, like, you would want to feel that way because you want to protect their money. And I was like, that's how I feel. And so I was like, yeah, I don't think I want that pressure. So right. for a while, I was like, I, I just wouldn't do it. And then I remember having other conversations with other investors and friends, um, like my, my girl, Vanessa, like she was just like, dude, have you ever thought about like when you were flipping like eight houses, like how much money did you have out at one time? That's true. And so I was like, huh, well, damn, <laughs> I'm already doing it. <laughs> I just, just I a got, different way. Yeah, I just got it all over the place. And so, like, just like I said, having, like, those simple conversations, like, it would trigger something. And I was like, well, I already understood apartments. I just don't know why I'm not doing it. I think it was a fear or if I was just in that comfort zone. But what I realized was once you get out of your comfort zone, like, that growth, that level, like, it's always outside of your comfort zone. Right. So. What's, what's the common misconceptions that you think people have about commercial real estate? Like, for me, I can tell you. What I thought, I thought you had to have millions of dollars to do something like this. Gotcha. You know, like what what are, are you seeing? I think head? most people that first, it wasn't even that you need millions of dollars. I feel like most people, I think a lot of people think that. And then they also think uh, I got to do it by myself or um I got to go learn, how, let me go flip some houses and do something with houses before I go get into apartments. Mm. And like, you do realize, well, most people don't realize, but <laughs> you don't need to know anything about houses to, to do apartments. Cause they're totally separate. Different business models. Mm -hmm. So understanding like, hey, if your goal is commercial real estate, you can go straight into commercial real estate. It's gonna take some getting educated in that space and understand what the hell you're doing but you can literally go into it without having ever touched a house. I know a bunch of people that have. Another misconception that I think a lot of people is, let me start small, cause it get my feet wet. Let me go buy a little five unit. Cause commercial is basically anything five units and up in, in the residential space. So 
one through four, if you ever look at like a contract in Houston, like a, a realtor contract, it'll say mm. Trek one to four. And that okay. just basically stands for like single family, like uh, Texas real estate commission, like single family one to four units can be put okay. on this contract. Anything above that goes on the commercial contract. So mm. basically commercial is five units and up. And so most people let me get my feet wet and go run this five unit where it's like, but you had the money for a 20. You probably should have went and did the 20 right. over the five because it's the same amount of work. But to be honest, what I've started realizing, at least for me and a lot of people that I know, like the bigger you go for the most part, there's a level where you don't want to go too big. But for the most part, the bigger you go, the less work you do. So Interesting. The bigger the real estate, commercial real estate project, the less, less work, work. Well, physical, up to a certain point. Physical work. Physical. Right. Because think about it. Like, <clears throat> if I have, like, I mean, we got a 6, a 7, a 8, a 13, a 28, a 32. Like, we got a bunch, right? All these right. smaller ones. So now I'm able to say, all right, I can use economies of scale and do a bunch of stuff with um, all the stuff we have. Or, but if when I first, like, the first one was, like, an 8 unit. Like, shit, we got to go to that all the time. Like, because I can't have payroll on an eight unit. Like, so you're going over here. It's like, damn, why? Like, not why'd I buy it, but it's right. like, it's almost like why'd I buy it? I'm like, because right. guess what? That 28 unit is just as much work, but it's a bigger payoff. So payroll would mean either having someone that you're paying every day to be there physically or having a property management company to manage. No, property management would be separate. Okay. But... Even that. You said payroll for eight. Oh, you're talking about like maintenance. Yeah. Like we have maintenance okay. or management. Yeah. But you can have like third party property management, but does it make sense on an eight unit? It doesn't. Right. Like you can do it, but you're really like, from a value standpoint, like you're killing your value. Right. But and profits. From, yeah. So as far as like ease of life, like, yeah, like you can outsource it. And I can even say like, oh, here's some creative ways to do that to where. <laughs> Like you don't do that, but like um, legal. I'm, <laughs> since, since, since Disclaimer. This is going, yeah, this is going on YouTube, but so because I didn't want to make it seem like it's some shady stuff. It's not shady, right. but like it's just like I think creatively. Like how can I do this without like like messing up my financials? And so like just understanding like okay, my payroll or my P and L needs to look a certain way, or I need a certain value then. I can't really do that on an eight unit and have payroll. But now that I got a bunch of doors, well, I can hire somebody. Well, now they're running it, but it's not affecting that yeah, property like portfolio as much. Yeah, because it's, it's allocated now. So that misconception of like, let me get my feet wet and start with mm -hmm. this small one. It's like, yeah, if you want to be more passive or you want to be less hands off, like go hit you a 75 unit or 100 unit. Well, guess mm -hmm. what? It has a whole staff over there that's running this complex that you don't have to go so now you just got to run the staff or not even necessarily run the staff, communicate with the staff. So right. there's different, there's different ways to, to play the game. And so like, I probably felt like I took the hard route cause I'm like, I got a bunch of stuff I got to run. Right. So we went from not running any of our buying whole stuff to having like in that 12 month period when it's like, Oh, we're going to close a hundred doors. Well, we didn't hand none of that off. Yeah. So it was like, Oh, <laughs> this is what it's like to actually own this now like but let's go reposition it so let's go put in this work so think about also about commercial real estate right 
you have the cash flow from each tenant that's paying you. Um, so that's lovely. You have the property is an asset, right? Yeah. So now in let's say two to five years or even much further, if you want to sell it, you can get that money. Yeah. And most likely it'll be higher than what you purchased it for. Of course. Next, you have depreciation, mm -hmm. right? Which for many that don't know about depreciation <laughs> is a paper business expense. Yeah. Right. That requires like it's a business. It's an expense that you would put on your tax return that'll help you reduce the profit that you're reporting, which helps you pay less taxes. Right. But it's no money that came out of it. It's really from, you know, the government giving you a deduction based upon the wear and tear of the house yeah. over time. Yeah. Right. And then if you even take it a step further, you can do accelerated depreciation. Yeah. Right. Cost segregation yeah. where you can go in and, and do a study on the contents of the property that you're buying and seeing what are the things in that property that you can depreciate fully a lot quicker versus the 39 and a half years that you have to uh, depreciate. 27 and a half. Oh, 27, okay, I'm tripping. For, well, for residential. Residential is what? 27 half. Okay, so I was, I was right. So 30, 39 on, on like commercial. Um, commercial retail. But right. apartment complexes get lumped in like like mm. houses so interesting you get a, a faster faster depreciation yeah schedule so it's a good one so. <laughs> see that that's your accounting <laughs> side so that's so all those benefits right and and i'm sure there's more benefits that i haven't even named but those are things that were intriguing when we had that conversation yeah. around commercial and i was like yeah this is something i definitely gotta jump into so we've talked about how to jump in so okay I buy my first property, whether it's with in, in a syndication or whether it's by myself, what do I have to expect next, I guess? Like, so let's I, say I buy a 20 unit property. So if you're, if you're buying it and you're running it, um, uh, to be honest, like I always tell people, like if you, once you buy it, when you're getting all the congratulations on social media, it's like, <laughs> like you're getting congratulated, but like now this is when the real work starts. So it's like, it's like you, a wedding. You, yeah. You're getting congratulated for the wedding <laughs> and the real work starts yeah. once the marriage, you know, you come back from honeymoon. Yeah. And it's like, okay. That's yeah, wild. Yeah. And that's exactly what it is. So it's like, okay, but now I got this business to run. So like the way I kind of look at it is like, even though it's commercial real estate, it's basically a project. So it's like, all right, what was our project game plan going into this? Whether it's increasing the income or increasing the rents or if it's just figuring out ways to lower expenses, or we're trying to do both. We're gonna come in with a game plan. We just gotta figure out where we're gonna start within that game plan. But typically when we're going to the banks and we're getting these loans and stuff, we're already telling them this is our game plan because what I've realized in this business is by having that game plan up front, that also helps dictate your financing because you're gonna only gonna go after certain financing. Like if your goal is to flip this property in a two year period, don't go sign a 10 year note. They got like a five year mm -hmm. prepayment penalty on it. So right. like the bank's gonna take majority of your profit when you flip out cause you got the wrong kind of financing going in. So right. just understanding that game plan up front and then just going in saying, all right, from day one, we're executing this. So you raised the, everything that you were saying, right? You were talking about planning. That was the key word that stood out just now because when we, um, and that's a word, right? That's gonna be, very common, I'm pretty sure, in the future episodes. Oh, yeah. Whenever people listen. But a lot of times when we start our businesses, 
you know, we don't necessarily come up with plans, you know, we're just trying to like go. Yeah. And you said something really clear. You said that whenever you go to the bank and you're trying to get uh, financing for properties, they want to see a plan. Yeah. They want to see numbers, performance, like all that, projections. And that's going to determine the amount of money that they're going to be able to finance you. Yeah. Not only for the property, but for any improvements that yeah. need to be made. Correct. You know, and I think that's so important. And we even spoke about that before we filmed about how, you know, at this stage in our businesses, planning is so important. So it's dope to see that that you do that. And you do have to do that, you know, if you're trying to go get financing from the bank. The bank's not going to touch you without like financials, yeah. a, a plan, business plan, you know, performance, all those things. So yeah. it's dope to see that. And, and honestly, what, what ends up happening or one of the reasons I actually transitioned into com commercial real estate is because like the way I look at this business and you can talk to bankers or financial people uh, and get their point of view on it. But I always looked at going into commercial, they're going to scrutinize and look at that deal a lot more or that property a lot more than they're going to look at me specifically. Mm. So when it comes to being able to get approved and get these loans and things of that nature, I've, I've felt like it's easier for me to go get a million dollar loan to buy an apartment complex than it is to go get a million dollar loan to buy a house for myself or to go get a car, right? Yeah. Like, I feel like it's going to be a little bit easier because they're going to look at that business. So when I'm going to go buy a house to live in, they're saying, do you have enough money or do you make enough money after all your bills to be able to pay us back? When I go buy this apartment complex, they're looking at that complex. Does that apartment complex make enough money to pay us back? Not does Don make enough money to pay us back, but does this business make enough? So once I start understanding that, but I also understand if I want to get things like repair funds and things of that nature, I need to show them a plan of what those repair funds are going to go to, but then how it's going to impact the business for why you need to give me these repair funds. And so it's just understanding, like, let me come up with this game plan for myself but in return, like, this is what they're going to need in order to move forward anyway. So it's like a win-win in understanding, like, how to actually utilize those plans. But it took me a lot to get there because I'm not necessarily, I didn't start off as a planner. I'm not a planner. Right. So I'm, I know I'm different. But. <laughs> <laughs> Man, this has been a great episode. Um, I feel like, it doesn't even feel like an hour and a half, yeah. right? Yeah, it, no, the it's, the it's conversation wild. just flowed. And, um, man, tell everybody where they can find you online. Um, so the Don of real estate on, on Instagram, uh, Don Scott on, on Facebook. Um, I think I'm, I'm pretty much on LinkedIn, but I, I haven't really updated <laughs> that stuff in a while. I think yeah. it still says I, I still have a W2. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but for the most part, like you catch me on like Instagram, things of that nature or out at networking events. I'm starting to do a lot more or a little bit more social media. I ain't even gonna say a lot. So like doing things like this podcast and things of that nature, trying to force myself to get out there a little bit more. But right. for the most part, I'm usually out in the street at one of the properties or trying to like just network and, and add value to bring, you know, more of us around along on this journey. I love it, man. I love um, the work that you're doing because you're bringing something like this to the community and you're making it easy to understand. And, you know, a lot of people. I'm not telling you all to do this, but, you know, there are people that reach out to you on DM and, you know, you converse with yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I think it's so important and it's, it's dope to see the work that you're doing in, in helping it. us in real estate. Um, I know that there's so many things that we haven't even touched on, yeah, right? Yeah. So if y'all want a second part, let me know in the YouTube comments section.
All right. I feel like there's a lot of value that we still have to talk about and bring to the table, um, especially going deeper into how to jump into commercial real estate. Um, some of the things that you've had to overcome, like once right. you get the property, right? And just the management side of everything. I feel like there's more conversations that we can have around that. So if you're open, oh, I, before I you know give it to y'all, are you open to having a of course, second? Of course. Like I feel, like I said, like it's only lonely at the top if you don't bring other people with you. Yeah. So the more people I can help along this journey, like I know, I, like I've always been told, like you help enough other people get what they want in life, you'll have what you want in life. And shit is true. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it is true, so I believe it. And, and I just want, like I said, I want to help leave that legacy. That's part of my legacy, I know. So I want to make sure like I'm, I'm impacting others as well. I love it. So it's a figure focus again. Until next time. <laughs>